Life is full of ifs. But if you want to cash flow like a pro and get paid up to two days early, safeguard against surprises and supercharge your savings, Regions Life Banking makes it possible. Regions Bank embrace the if in life. Regions Bank, member FDIC. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia, it's time for Regions Business Radio. Regions Business Radio is presented by Regions Bank. Embrace the if in life. Member FDIC. Now, here's your host, J.D. Mueller. Thank you, Mike Salmon. J.D. Mueller here, your host of Regions Business Radio. It is summertime in the South. It is uh, the middle of August 2023. I give you that date. I typically do not do that. I I do that because I think it's a good marker for for where we are in the economy. It's an interesting time in the economy. Interest rates continue to go up. That's impacting people's ability to borrow and service debt. Mortgage rates are at a 20-year high, maybe longer than that. I would encourage you to go back and listen to a previous episode with Alan McKnight, Chief Investment Officer at Regions Bank, who, who talked about some of these things earlier. But, you know, I think that I would do well. Typically, we do like a little market update or a banking update at the beginning. And um, it, it brings to light a couple of things. If you're listening to this episode of Regions Business Radio and you're a business owner or an executive, and especially if you're a C-suite executive at a mid to large, maybe small size company, I want to give you a heads up. I want to talk to you about a couple of things as it relates to how to interact with your bank during economic headwinds. It's it's very important that you understand what's going on in your relationship with your bank and with your banker. Okay? So I'm going to I'm going to draw from a recent experience and uh this is this is an experience that I had with uh, with someone that's not even a a client of the bank. It's uh, what we would call a prospect. It's someone that we would like to do business with. They currently bank with a another entity. They called me. I came in for a meeting. We were all prepared. We thought we were going to have this opportunity. And I knew within a few minutes of the meeting starting that my opportunity wasn't to uncover something for us to provide for them. The opportunity was for me to coach and advise them. They were in a, let's just say they were in a little bit of a pickle with their borrower. They're in an industry that had recently been impacted by a months-long strike. And and this strike impacted their business to the point that there was no revenue. There was no revenue coming in because the strike had shut down this industry. August of 2023. Remember, I'm not going back to the 70s for this conversation. I would have been four this conversation just happened. So my buddy was navigating a very trying time. His industry was impacted. Revenue had, had all but completely diminished. The most important thing that we talked about that day was what do your loan agreements and promissory notes say? What do they say? What are you required to do as a function of your loan agreement? And what is the bank required to do as a function of the loan agreement. I say that speaking to business owners, executives, leaders to say this, 
blow the dust off your loan documents and get familiar with them. Get them out of the file. Open up whichever, whichever computer system you use and go to that file explorer. Get out your loan documents and look for a couple things. This is important. In the current banking and business environment that we're in, the concept of no surprises is as important as it's ever been in business. I'm asking you to avoid surprises to your bank. Don't surprise them with bad news. As a matter of fact, don't surprise them with good news. Something's good happening, let them know. If something's getting weak, let them know. Pull out those loan agreements, and, and, and you're sure to find a couple of things. There's going to be a financial reporting requirement section. What are you required to give the bank as a result of the fact that the bank has availed their balance sheet for you to use in the form of a term loan or a line of credit? And as I say this, I'm looking at our podcast producer, Mike Salmon, and I'm thinking, if I were in a room full of people, they would probably have gone to sleep by now with this topic. So wake up over there, Mike. So pull out, pull out your loan agreement. Look at those financial reporting requirements. You might see tax returns, business tax returns. You might see a compiled consolidating financial report. You may see a review or an audit along with a time by which they must be submitted to the bank. Review that, put it on your calendar, put a reminder on your calendar, make sure that you get that information to your bank right away when or before it's due. The other thing that you might see is a requirement for quarterly financial statements, profit and loss and balance sheet. Quarterly may be some period of time, 30 days after quarter end. Increased information to your lender in a trying time in the economy is a must. Please, 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 Mr. Mrs. Business Owner, Executive, especially if you're in a, a CFO or controller position, Make sure that you aren't just hitting send on those financial statements. You're providing a summary of what the banker is going to see. Have you added new customers? Have you lost key accounts? And if so, what would that do to the overall financial performance of your company? You may lose a great customer, but it could be good for your company. If they're taking some of your resources or if they've, if they've negotiated you down to a point that you're not profitable and you have more expenses in that account than you should, use that reporting opportunity with the bank, not just to check the box because, oh, my goodness, my banker's asking me for financials again. i got to send this up. No, no. You have got to tell your banker your story. I am pleading with you. I don't Look, you don't have to, you don't have to bank at Regions Bank right now. I hope you do one day. Wherever you're banking, make sure that you are providing those financial statements along with some sort of summary or update of what's going on in your company. And then also, there's probably some requirement of personal financial statements or personal tax returns. Those are very important to get to your bank really before they ask for them. Then there's another section in your loan agreement that, that, that may exist called financial covenants. Depending on the structure of the line, how big your company is, how big the line is, you're, you may see something as simple as a debt service coverage, which is basically a function of are you generating enough cash to satisfy the minimum debt requirements on your company? We, we would like to see that plus a spread. So you may think that you're doing good covering your, your debt obligations as a multiplier of one time, but we would like to see it 
most banks would like to see it at you know 1.25 times to one. So that that would be sort of a profit and loss type of covenant. But then you also might see a balance sheet covenant, which which may measure your debt load compared to your tangible net worth. Or maybe there's a combo calculation that would combine P&L and balance sheet like a cash flow leverage. It doesn't matter what it is. Mr. Business Owner, Mrs. Executive, doesn't matter what which financial covenant is. Make sure you understand it and make sure you're able to submit it to your banker now and and show your ability to understand it. We see some companies doing extremely well. We see some companies being weakened. I don't care if you're if you're at the top of your game or if there's some bumps in your road. Right now is not the time to hide from your banker. Now is the time to provide accurate, timely information on a regular basis as required by your loan agreements. And I'm asking you to take the time to brag on what's going on in your company. If it's hard times, brag on your ability to lead through it and how you're going to see through it. And get us, get your bank on the same page with what's going on in your company. I see a mic at, uh, at Mike Salmon's mouth. Is, uh, is, is all that sort of boring, interesting? No, or- you've, you've been talking for nine minutes now, and I'm thinking, you know what, I could probably sum it up. Every six months or so, go to lunch with your banker. Just go to lunch and, and talk to your banker maybe every six months. At least. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, just communicate with your banker. That's it. Well, thank you for that. You're exactly yeah. right. So, And you should always bank with someone you know, like, and trust, so it shouldn't be a, a, a hassle. <laughs> if, if you don't want to go to lunch with your banker, you're at the wrong place. Call me. <laughs> you're at the wrong you, I'm a lot of fun for you lunch. You are a lot of fun. I will. <laughs> and you pick good restaurants, too. Oh, that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to do that on Regions Business Radio, but we should have a restaurant review. So that's my market update. Refamiliarize your because a lot of times you go to a closing and you're most interested interested in your rate and fee. Did my banker get it right? Am I paying what they said I would? Please do. By all means, make sure that's right. But also know what's expected of you and what's expected of the bank so that you can navigate whatever financial headwinds we're in so that you can navigate them together. No surprises. As a bank, you can pretty much know what's going on with us if you if you look at whichever financial news site you prefer or listen, listen to Regions Business Radio. We'll tell you what's going on. But today's a special episode. That's my market intro. A little bit of a plea to our business owners and executives out there, primarily in the Gwinnett, Northeast Georgia area. Just by way of reminder, Regions Bank, headquartered in Birmingham with a fantastic team of bankers in and around the metro Atlanta area, and I'm going to introduce you to the newest member of our team. What are we, Mike, what are we calling this? Uh, new Banker Spotlight. New Banker Spotlight with Nancy Joe Zimmer. Nancy Joe, I am so happy that you have trusted Regions to come join us as a banker You're at the end of your first week. I know. And what a way to end the week. I'm so grateful to be here. And thank you, J.D. Yeah, well, not only are we grateful to have you here on the Regions Business Radio, the Nancy Joe episode, we're happy to have you at the bank and uh, excited about what we're going to accomplish together. So what's the Nancy Joe Zimmer story? Tell us tell us how you got into banking. Oh, gosh. I went to school originally to be a teacher. Didn't never did teach in a classroom. Wait a minute. where, Where did you go to school to be a teacher? That's important. Uh, yeah, I ended up at Medi College up in New York, Buffalo, okay. New York. Yeah. So 
Okay. But you um, grew up in? I grew up in Athens, Georgia. Athens, Georgia. Do we, Go dogs. That's right. Thank you very much <laughs> to, our, to our SEC brothers and sisters out there. So that's the point I was getting at. Gotcha. We got to say uh, an Athens girl on the team. Yes. Go A-Town. I spent five years in Fort Myers, ended up meeting my wonderful husband, uh, been married for 17 years, and he was originally from Rochester, New York. So we spent 11 years up there when we started our family. Mother of three, ended up in banking at, in Buffalo, New York. Fell in love with business banking. Worked very hard to get to where I am. Uh, went back and did my business degree and ended up with a master's from Niagara University. So I spent seven years up in a regional bank in Buffalo. I moved down here in 2017. Went the big bank world, and now I'm so grateful to be back regional, no pun intended, with regions. So. Yeah. J.D., yeah. How, how does a girl from Athens survive the Buffalo or North New York winters? <laughs> well, you know the snow blows this way, <laughs> so very difficult. It blows um, like left to right instead of coming straight down? Yeah, you stay fit because you're running everywhere. <laughs> you don't want to stay in the cold. Well, yeah, I can't. I I mean, we just see one flake of snow and everybody's running Shut to get down the know, city. <laughs> milk and eggs and bread. And what, do, what do people think they're going to do with all that milk and eggs? I mean, you just live off French toast for a couple of days? I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's something nostalgic about being snowed in, you know? And then comes February and you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. See, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. I mean, we got snowed in in 93. <laughs> that, that just feels like one of the we last. We had half an inch that year. Yeah, snowed us in, paralyzed the city. Paralyzed the city. So I, I moved here um, January 2017. Do y'all remember that big, huge ice storm that shut down the city here? The snowpocalypse? That was the funniest thing when I arrived to, to me because, you know, we have the salt trucks and everything to, you know, work with the, the snow and ice. But that happened the weekend that I moved here. It did it really? It sure did. So Niagara gets a lot of snow. It does. The Niagara area. I mean, and then the lake um, effect snow. Lake effect. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. We get a we get a, a flurry and it just it shuts just goes everything crazy. down. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, schools are getting closed, and that's a whole other topic. Anyway, so you're back with a with a regional bank regions. I mean, you and I've known each other for a long time, and we I have, and I respect the the career that you built at a larger bank, the culture, and I know you're only a weekend. The culture at regions in your first week couple words you would use to describe what you've seen through through a new lens what would what have you seen that others might see in doing business with us in only a week well I think they're more understanding I think that they can look at situations one-off versus just through a big huge box I mean if, if you don't look a certain way where I think regions can really understand the client their needs on a very granular basis mm. so that's kind of the biggest thing like we already have some opportunities that are coming up that I don't know if I would ever absolutely be able to look at, you know, from a from a box perspective. So I'm very excited, and it just feels like I'm taking my handcuffs off. Yeah, that's, and we want you to. I mean, so you you say granular, and I think that I think that I think that speaks well to our desire to know the customer, to not always look at look at a customer through policy. Correct. And we do apply policy. Oh, yeah. The policy is there, but I think we can provide a little more color around that policy to really make solutions that are make sense for the, the business as it is in yeah, the situ- yeah. certain situation. I got you. Um, and, and I think we're built to do that. You know, our credit folks are willing to go out on calls. That's very exciting to me. Why is that? I mean, why would a banker? Oh, this is a good question. 
Why would a banker even care if a credit person goes out on a call? And why should a customer care if a credit person goes out on a call? Well, number one, I think it takes a lot off the banker that the credit person can be right here and listen in person because sometimes we take, you know, the bankers, we have to tell a story, tell a client's story, which is our job, which is great. But some questions that we might not ask, having that credit person there and it be meaningful um, and to help tell the story of the banker. More perspective, more understanding. I really like that you share it that way because a a, a credit officer that's willing to go on a call and can experience what's going on. More personable, yeah. yeah. If somebody makes widgets and all you hear about is somebody makes widgets, but you never go see them making the widgets – and then wouldn't you agree that when a business owner or an executive that's totally bought in on the business that they're leading, when they take you through their plant, when they take you around their office and they're pointing at this and saying, this is how we do this thing, or, you know, they're so-and-so and they contribute this to the team, that really just solidifies their knowledge of the business. That, that, that's huge for a credit person to hear. Absolutely. It provides a lot more color. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really good. And it's almost like they're more vested in it themselves, you know. You mean the credit the credit yeah. officer. Mm-hmm. They're they're more, you know, inclined to to be committed to that client themselves. I like that. And and to your point about the conversation, a lot of times I I love that you bring that up because I've all I've often said that in our line of work, we have to influence on both sides. We have to right. influence a client to consider us as their banking partner. And then we have to influence the bank to consider the client as a as a borrower or you know as as a transactor as it may be. Um, so we have to sell on both sides in our sort of role, but also in the way that we're we're set up to have a, a credit partner to go out. I was on a call with you earlier this week, which was fantastic. Um, it was really good to be That's out. Excellent. Um, you know after knowing each other for so long and actually sort of hit the ground and, and, and go meet someone that you thought so highly of, we also not only took, uh, we've not only taken credit officer, but in this case, we took our treasury management officer. How was that from your perspective? And why is it important to, for, for a client to interact with their treasury management officer? Well, cash management is so important. As we know, cash is king and that's, you know, the most important thing, money in, money out. It was nice because she has a different checkbox than I do, right? So okay. I'm lending in cash flow. She's the the tool for the money in and money out, right? So, you know, for her to be involved from day one on a relationship like that is so important because I'm not going back and, you know, playing follow-up on stuff that I didn't ask initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're answering these questions, and it, and it dawns on me. Uh, I don't know that I've ever thought about this before when I've just through our conversations, but... It, it, it seems to me like you want to be very efficient with your time. Exactly. And it is so, I'm so happy to finally have a cash management body again. Very highly intelligent, very effective one too. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And if, if you're listening and you're in the Gwinnett area, Northeast Georgia, and you've not met Maria Smith, um, who is our She's treasury. excellent. <laughs> she hails from Decula, Georgia, right here in Gwinnett. And <laughs> Uh, I believe that her and Nancy Joe are going to be connected at the hip for the foreseeable future. So if you haven't seen your banker, if you haven't seen your treasury management officer, and you're literally within the sound of our voice, uh, no matter which of your preferred podcast mediums you're using, we can connect you uh, with someone with Regions. But if you're in North Georgia, Gwinnett, then 
we'd love to have Nancy, Joe, and, and Maria come see you. So we shared a little bit of some things that you like, Treasury man- Management Officer being in the field with you, Credit Officer willing to go make calls. You you mentioned that at Regions, we, we want to listen well, we want to understand well. What about you personally? When you think of yourself as a banker and you think about yourself serving customers, what do you want people to think about when they think of you? Well, when I started my banking career, well, in business banking, having a portfolio and being an actual banker, I joined a firm and I was handed a a very decent portfolio and I had seven challenged credits that were being managed on the line. So this was a, a regional bank. It was very challenging for me to be a new banker, have seven quarterly reports that I had to do, you know, and basically report to the COO quarterly. And it was like a room with a bunch of people in the, in the uh, room explaining these things that I, I didn't really know how to explain. But it was a, a really good way of coming into banking because mm. within a year I had all of those seven credits turned around and they were performing again. Wow. It took a lot of work and it was like, I don't think I booked a lot of loans that year Yeah, because I, I had, you know, seven challenged credits, but it, it took a lot of listening you know, on my part and, you know, advising them. And I was so green. Um, mm. But that, that was my, my way that I learned how to listen. So important. Is it? It is. Very. How, how is listening important? As a, I know it's a stupid question. I want, I want you to answer it, though. Because so, you're going to send this out and you're going to want to meet somebody new as a result of Regions Business Radio episode, the Nancy Joe uh, episode. Why is it important for somebody to know that you're a good listener? Because it's not selling selling products and services. It's really providing solutions. And you don't you can't get the best recipe unless you absolutely understand exactly what it is that they need. Yeah. And sometimes what they think they need is not really what they need. Oh, isn't that interesting? Well it I've, is. <laughs> we've seen those situations before. Yeah. Okay, so 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 in this portfolio you, you assumed the portfolio. There were seven credits that were challenged. Within a year or so, you, you worked with them. You had them sort of bolstered and maybe upgraded, you know, things like that. How about, and, and in doing so, you learned a lot about them. Part of listening, I think, is being able to exercise. This is a skill that I think is hard to acquire. Listening with, with an intense curiosity. Does that make sense? Yeah, because then there's a lot of situations you have to think outside of the box, right? For an example, like one of those credits, they had a loan. They were having, they were struggling with their product and taking it to market. Um, it was a very aggressive um, amortization. So what I did for them is I really fought hard for them, and I found a way for them to cash flow, right? And it was a hard sell because those credit guys they don't like to change terms of loans, mm-hmm. and they don't like to hold that debt longer. So you got to meet in the middle and you got to be creative and come up with ideas that meet the needs of both. Yeah. Yeah. Manage risk on the exactly. back side and, and allow for cash flow on the client side. Yep. And, and, and part of that, that natural curiosity, you know, just, you know, somewhere along the way in culture, asking questions became kind of rude, you know, but, but I think as bankers, we have to embrace almost a question bank that we always want to know about our customers because I've found in, in, in along my career, you can ask good, compelling questions. If you can be naturally, I feel like we do that well on this podcast. Um, we try to, try to provoke people to conversation 
by being naturally curious about whatever they're talking about. One word, relatable. <laughs> yeah, that that's a skill in today's business environment that's that's almost lost, really. It is because all your business owners are very different. You have to be dynamic to be relatable, you know. Be relatable, be dynamic, but stay true to your to your core. Correct. You know, values of of who you are as a person as a banker so so you so you gave a little bit of example of one of those seven credits in that portfolio what what would be another example uh, of success in your career without names of course without details but sort of a success story when you you sort of look through the rear view of your career so far what's something that you're proud of accomplishing for a customer or with a customer i should say um, I just think back to those. I mean, that was the most painful year of my life, those seven credits. What year was that, by the way? That was, let's see, 2013, 2014. Okay, so we'd been through the Great Recession. Yes, yes. A lot of bank mergers and acquisitions had occurred at that point. So I got you. I got the time frame. But I did a field audit. And in that field audit, when you have a um, secure line of credit based on you know the inventory, asset-based lending, um, that's what it was. And it was a candle maker. Do, doing the field audit, being able to go out there and see it in person, and then go back and under, explain it to the underwriter where you, know, you were able to still provide that line. They were ready to cut it. We, we got it there. So field audit. That's, that's, a, that's a unique experience. It was very interesting. Why would banks do a field audit? Because there's different points in time that your inventory, I mean, you, you get raw material, you get work in, work in progress, you get finished products. And for an underwriter to, you know, understand those different stages and not just the number that is, that's in inventory, you know, that was the key message that I was able to, to deliver there. So, so during that time of your career, do you feel like you, you acquired some skills as a, as a field auditor that, that you can now use as a, as a banker, as a producing banker? Yeah, absolutely. All the, the all that skill sets transferable to the front of the line. So the next year I did absolutely amazing. So I made up for all those challenge credits. <laughs> <laughs> and and I and I and I hone in on that because you know I think I think sometimes clients may may look at bankers and and just see us as peddlers of rate and fee, when in fact your experience in understanding inventory and how that you know how people you know maybe. Maybe somebody hasn't experienced a buildup of inventories and understanding that that's where their cash is pent up. You know, if somebody looks around and they're scratching their head and going, where's our cash? Where's our liquidity? Well, what are your terms? Receivables and payable terms on, on that side, but also how quickly is your inventory turning? Because that's you got cash built up over there. That's right. I just think that's a skill set that is very valuable, especially in the Gwinnett area where we have a ton of manufacturers. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying names, but I'm thinking through some clients and some folks that we know in town that, that have a variety of inventory uh, specifications, raw material, finished goods, you know, goods or work in process and all that. And being able to understand how those things impact your ability cash to flow. generate cash and, and work through it. Why would anyone call you to bank with you? Because I am willing to do everything I can to, for my clients. Absolutely. You know, I'm not a transactional. I would think I would pride myself on, you know, the relationship first. If the relationship's there, then we'll talk some lending and cash flow. But yeah, not transactional. I like that. And I saw it 
in person the other day. We, we, went, we went to one of your former clients, and before I knew it, I mean, we walked in the door. Before I knew it, you were behind the counter. You were hugging folks. Everybody was coming up to hug you. And, and you know, you're the, you're the banker. It's real. <laughs> yeah. So I really, I saw in that moment what I had envisioned of you the entire time we've gotten to know each other. And I am so very grateful that, that, that we found the opportunity for you to bring that skill to regions and through regions, we can in turn take it to serve the business community in and around Gwinnett County. And, you know, that would be what I would want people to know about you, too, is if, if you have a bring this up. I didn't think about this till just now. A lot of times when business gets tough, bankers disappear. Maybe there's hard conversations. If you've been in if you were in that initial situation with those seven credits, you had a you got a PhD in hard conversations <laughs> the hard way. Yes. You understand inventory and cash flow, Correct. which is important for manufacturers and distributors. Extremely. You have already in one week shown me what I was expecting to see in relation to your interpersonal skills with customers that love you. Where have you been? We're so happy to see you. That's what they said when you walked in. Yeah. We've missed you. Come around here and give those types of interactions aren't there just because you got a logo on a card. Correct. They're there because you are the person that you say you are. Mm. And I think that that is exactly in line with who we want to be as Regions Bank in this community and in business communities around the Southeast, wherever we may be, in all of our footprint. So now we know why customers should call you to, to talk to you about being a banker. You're going you're gonna to bring a credit person you're going to be a treasury management person, but more importantly, you're going to bring you and you're going to help them. So that, that's really what I wanted to get across today. Any, any closing thoughts? I mean, any, any banking philosophy that you would like to share uh, before we wrap up? I think you had a good lead way today. That, that stood out. And I think you said all those things at the very right, Tom, because there are going to be tough conversations. And I think reestablishing that relationship with your banker and taking out those loan documents is so important. People just, or they give them to their accountant. So if, you're, if your accountant is running your business and all your financials and all that stuff, make sure they're compliant. You need to check in on your billable hours there. That is a... <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll, we'll finish welcome. with it. You know, hey, by the way, and, and you may be more familiar with this than some, there seems to be in our industry, I'm going industry talk for a minute to, to abut what you just said, seems to be a lot of industry talk with beneficial ownership. I think there may be some regulatory changes in beneficial ownership, or maybe maybe we have a different requirement at, a, at our size compared to the mega banks that, that you may have. Do you know enough about beneficial ownership to talk about yeah. Why that's important? Yeah, the reason why that's important is to certify the ownership of the business structure. And that came into play after the sanctioned countries to make sure that we know exactly who it is that we're banking with. Okay. It's part of KYC. That's very good. Uh, it's frustrating. You know, and, and it, it sometimes, why is the bank asking me for this? And why, the, why is the bank asking me for that? And a lot of times the regulatory reporting requirements that we have to our regulators put us in a situation where we just got it to your, you say KYC. Know your customer. Know your customer. 
No, that's actually, right. I'm here. <laughs> and I think that looks two different ways because we've talked about you knowing your customer, going behind the, the counter and hugging somebody. Yeah. That's one way of knowing your customer. But from two legal entities knowing their customer. Yeah, and I think I think clients should expect to fulfill that with every transaction because you can find out, of, the banks can find out on about defaults because if there is a change of ownership structure, somebody buys somebody out and that loan document has two personal guarantors, that's the default. Mm-hmm. So that's that's another reason why it's so important to to understand that document. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank th- I put you on the spot with that one. I've put you on the spot the whole day. I think you handled it well. Thank you Appreciate so. Appreciate that. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Not only for this episode of Regions Business Radio, but thank you for joining us for this journey, this section of your your career journey. Um, I think you're going to do wonderful. I think Gwinnett business owners and executives should should reach out to you. Can we? I would say I, I prefer not to give out personal information really on the podcast we've done it before but uh people can find you on linkedin they can nancy joe zimmer pretty easy pretty just easy. go in there and search it up nancy joe no e nancy joe zimmer and you'll find her you can direct message her there of course if if you if you know myself or mike salmon and you want to get in touch with nancy joe uh, you can reach out to us. So with that said, it's great to have you at Regions. And by the way, if you're listening, we'd love to have you at Regions as well. And we look forward to banking you. And thank you once again for listening to Regions Business Radio. Regions Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be accounting, legal, tax, investment, or financial advice. Regents believes this information to be accurate when recorded, but it cannot ensure that it will remain up to date. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation. The information should not be construed as a recommendation of a specific course of action for any individual or business. All Regents products and services are subject to qualification requirements, terms, conditions, fees, and credit. Credit approval. Regions reminds its customers that they should be vigilant about fraud and security and that they are responsible for taking action to protect their computer systems. Fraud prevention requires a continuous review of your policies and practices as the threat evolves daily. There is no guarantee that all fraudulent transactions will be prevented or that related financial losses will not occur. Visit regions.com backslash stop fraud or speak with your banker for further information on how you can prevent fraud.